This year, the traditional beginning of summer, Memorial Day came and went without much celebration because it landed more than two months into the COVID-19 pandemic. By the time we reached that holiday weekend, political wrangling had weakened Kansas's once mandatory coronavirus restrictions to the point of mere suggestion. Still, that weekend stands out because of a tragedy 600 miles to the northeast in Minneapolis. There, a group of police officers attempting to arrest George Floyd, a black man, wrestled him to the ground and handcuffed him. One of the officers kneeled on Floyd's neck, keeping his knee there for eight minutes, slowly suffocating Floyd as other officers kept him pinned to the pavement. Floyd pleaded for his life, lost consciousness, then died. It was a turning point in America's long struggle to overcome racism. The struggle to reconcile its all-men-are-created-equal aspirations with its failure to live up to them. Aspirations, we should note, that when they were written, did not take people of color or women into account. Floyd's death gave new currency to the Black Lives Matter movement that some white Americans either didn't understand or felt threatened by. Suddenly, millions of people of all races were demanding an end to racism, both the -the out-in-the-open kind and the insidious variety woven into the fabric of the nation and its institutions. In Louisville, Kentucky, they said Breonna Taylor's name. She was a black EMS worker who was shot to death in March when police serving a no-knock warrant burst into her home in the dead of night. They protested in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, and closer to home in Kansas City. Lawrence. Topeka. In Hayes and Garden City, too. And in Wichita, where our story about the collision of two powerful forces unfolds. I'm Jim McLean, and this is My Fellow Kansans, a podcast from the Kansas News Service. Twenty-four-year-old Gabrielle Griffey co-owns a vintage store in Wichita that opened in February. But like most businesses in Kansas, it had to shut down when the coronavirus came to town. It hadn't been but a few weeks after reopening that Griffey answered the call for her leadership in the wake of George Floyd's killing. For episode two of My Fellow Kansans, Griffey spoke with the Kansas News Service's Nomeen Ujiadeen about how the coronavirus is affecting her vintage clothing business and her activism which she first started in 2014, after Michael Brown was killed by police in a St. Louis suburb. My name is Gabrielle Griffey, and I'm the co-owner of Dead Center Vintage in downtown Wichita. I'm also executive director of Project Justice ICT, um, which is a organization that is pushing for police abolition and um, the recognition and uh, dismantling of systemic white supremacy in Wichita. I met with Griffey at the Pure Heart Worship Center, just northeast of downtown. It's the church where her group holds meetings. We also stopped by her store. We're at Dead Center Vintage, (laughs) which is like um, our store all together in downtown Wichita, 626 East Douglas. Let me turn this, my phone sound off. So it's like... 
And we got some like knickknacks and some hats at the front. And like one of the mannequins is holding a Black Lives Matter sign because yeah, because we're woke. I mean, I haven't been in here for in a second. So like I was just looking at seeing what new things people have brought in. I know it kind of sucks like not being able to be in here all of the time anymore because I do miss it like <laughs> this is so much more peaceful work than like protesting and organizing and talking to victims of police brutality but it's really soothing for me to be in this space because it's like I love clothes <laughs> yeah I'd been selling vintage for like five years before we had opened the shop and then um, in December we just kind of got the opportunity to get a place together and so I put my last $800 into it and um, yeah now we have a business downtown on March 16th we closed due to the pandemic um, but it was definitely a really difficult decision having been open for only a month and a half to have to close our brand new business with all of our you know opening debt all of our all of our you know dreams it kind of was just like instantly shut down in a second but you know, it, it's fine. <laughs> Getting this opportunity for this dream and then like taking out all sorts of credit cards, you know, to buy the materials, to build the racks, to build the shop up, to make repairs in the building. When you're 23 and like you have $800 in your pocket, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It wasn't the best. And like just really having to close the business down really sucked. <laughs> we reopened on uh, May 8th. We sort of had no choice to. So um, the landlord was gracious enough with us to um, half our rent during the, during the stay-at-home order because he knew, you know, brand new. But after the city and Laura Kelly were like, well, we're lifting the stay at home, he was like, time to catch up. So we kind of were, you know, put into a corner on that. It's open to business, pay the rent, or keep everybody safe, potentially lose the business, don't make any money, drain all of your savings. It was a really difficult situation, but in the end, we had to do it. Griffey says activism is now her main focus. It's informed by a lifetime of experience as a Black woman in Wichita. So I grew up on the south side of Wichita, but I went to all Hayesville schools. And Hayesville is like a town of like 10-ish thousand people. And it's very, very predominantly white. I graduated out of a class of 400 with 13 other Black kids in my class. So I've been called, you know, all the slurs that you can probably think of that can be used against a black person. When Mike Brown got killed, um, I was 18. And so that really, it hit really, really like hard. I organized this protest, just put it out on Facebook, you know, in solidarity with Ferguson, Black Lives Matter. And so that was my sort of first coming into activism in Wichita and coming into um, seeing what's going on in this city, though I didn't really get that far into it because it fizzled out. But I think this time around, it's, you know, it's been six years. I'm, I'm a little older. I'm 
and I'm prepared to take it on. So in the aftermath of George Floyd's death, uh, it was just kind of like we all came together. And um, somehow I ended up <laughs> getting the top position, which is really strange. But um, yeah, so um, it was literally just somebody messaged me, messaging me on Facebook, like, are you ready to fight for black lives? And I was like, I am. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I meet with a lot of other organizers. I meet with uh, representatives of families who have um, had injustices committed against them by the Wichita Police Department. Seeing it firsthand and meeting with the people who it's touched so personally, it's a lot to take on. It's definitely really difficult um, to see these people going through so much pain and our city is just pushing that pain, pushing the knife in even deeper and twisting it. Our number one priority currently is Black Lives Matter. We're looking at all facets of it. So um, systemic poverty, we're looking at homelessness, mental health and um, mental illness related issues, domestic violence and gang violence related issues. It's very blatantly obvious in a place like Wichita, the disparities, like how you see the south side of town, like it's so poor. It's so ran down. But the east and west sides, they're growing, they're booming, and you only see white people there. You don't really ever see black people there. You, you see black people on the north and the south side. I'm definitely worried um, in terms of the pandemic, but um, being a black woman in America is honestly a health risk to me, period. So it's, it's kind of like... Um, you got to take what you can get. If I'm going to fight for, you know, my right to, as a black woman to live, um, the pandemic's not going to stop me, honestly. I, I'm going to take precautions. I'm going to try to be as safe as I can. But these are my human rights that we're talking about. Um, also, just point out the fact that here in Wichita and across the nation, black and brown communities are the number one communities being affected by this pandemic. Um, because of lack of ex access to health care, lack of insurance. I shouldn't have to be out here asking for my recognition of my rights, my integrity of being as a black woman in this country, in this city, um, in the middle of a pandemic. Why, why are we not doing more to help our marginalized communities in this city um, and in this, the rest of this country um, to make sure that they don't have to come out and protest? that you know that they're taken care of that there is no reason why are we why are we killing black men by kneeling on their chests when there's a respiratory disease going around it's kind of just a slap in the face if the powers that be did more work to actually change things to make sure that we didn't have to be out here then we wouldn't have to be out here as we move forward, we'll have more of an idea of what kind of effect the pandemic is actually happening on these protests. But also, if people want change, they're gonna come out regardless. Taking to the streets is one way activists are striving to erase the stain of racism in Kansas and across the country. And as Gabrielle Griffey said, they're also pushing for police reform and using their power as consumers to strengthen black-owned businesses. As a country, we're also struggling to find common purpose in our fight against the coronavirus. How we respond could be especially important to the state's essential workers, 
not just healthcare workers on the front lines, but those who make sure there's food and toilet paper on grocery store shelves, and those who we count on to deliver our online purchases right to our doorsteps. They're among the Kansans who are most at risk of getting the coronavirus, something a truck driver recovering from a month-long bout with COVID-19 in the small southeast Kansas community of Oswego knows all too well. His story, next time on My Fellow Kansans. If you have an experience you'd like to share about how the coronavirus pandemic has affected your life, we'd like to hear it. Record a voice memo on your phone and send it to Kansas News Service at kcur.org. Tell us who you are, where you are, and what life has been like over the past few months. My Fellow Kansans comes from the Kansas News Service, a collaboration of public radio stations KMUW in Wichita, Kansas Public Radio in Lawrence, High Plains Public Radio in Garden City, and KCUR in Kansas City. Nomeen Ujiadeen reported, wrote, and produced this episode with help from host Jim McLean. Erica Hunsinger edited the podcast. Grace Lotz, Brianna O'Higgins, and Beth Golay helped with promotions. Jordan Kirtley designed our logo. Primary Color Music produced our theme song. And all other music you heard is from Free Music Archive. For more stories from the Kansas News Service, go to ksnewsservice.org. And to support more work like this, please donate to your local public radio station. See you next week.